0: Matthew chapter 16, are you there? <laughs> are you there? All right, I'm beginning to read out of verse 13. This is uh, one of the most powerful declarations, and that's the one I want to talk about today in part four of this series as we go into Heart for the House. It's a powerful declaration that Jesus did. Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, and the Mount of Transfiguration that just happened, they saw that Jesus transfigured before them, and he gave them a preview. Kind of like uh, when you go to the movie theaters and you see a little preview about what's to come. Jesus gave them a preview. And after that, they go into this area called Caesarea Philippi. And this is where they're at. It says in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. I love what Jesus says. Then he says, but what, what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, well, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied. That's a good one. Amen. Strong amen there by Louis So Thank you. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I will tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Come on. I think that's a good part right there for a big amen. Come on. I'm reading one more time. I'm going to give you one more chance. Verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Come on. How many know God is building his church? God is building his church, and the gates of hell or the gates of Hades will not overcome it. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, whether you're taking it down on a notebook or on an iPhone or on an Android, if it's possible. And uh, I want you to write this down. The title of today's subject, i write this down. Can't stop, won't stop. I want you to tap your neighbor and tell them, I can't stop, I won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Can we say it together? Come on. Can't stop, won't stop. Amen. Out of these few verses in that statement, I want to bring a message to you today that God has just put on my heart and has been speaking to me about. And I hope it can help you out this morning. Again, we're talking about the church this Sunday morning and uh, the power of the church. And on a Sunday like Heart for the House Sunday, I think it's important to realize that God is building his church. Amen. Come on. Can we close our eyes, bow our head, and ask God to bless this time? Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this church, God. We thank you for this house that you are building. We pray that you would have your way in this place. God, we pray that you would open up eyes. We pray that you would lift up our heads to see you this morning. God, we thank you that you are in the house this morning. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. God, we pray that you would move with freedom, that you'll bring healing and you'll bring deliverance, God. And we would see that you are the only treasure we have. It is you, Jesus. We thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing, and everything that you're going to do. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people say Come on, all God's people say amen. 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 Come on, 9 a.m. Can you just give God a big shout of praise? I just feel like we got to shake off that 9 a.m. sleepiness sometimes. How many know, have you ever heard of this? Everybody has an opinion. Have you ever heard that? Everybody has an opinion, opinions everybody has, and they say, and they usually all stink. Everybody has an opinion, and they usually all stink. I think the world is full of opinions, right? The world is full of opinions. How many know that one family member that will see you and tell you how you should have your hair? Uh, they (laughs) They will tell you how you should look. They will tell you what you should be doing. If you're single, they'll say, what do you mean you're not married yet? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That one family member always has an opinion. By your age, you should be married already, Ricky. I mean, how old are you? Great-looking guy, and you know, always have an opinion. You're like, oh well, well, I know, I know. Thank you for your opinion. Everybody has an opinion. I mean, now we're we're right around the corner of election time, and uh, we're not even going to get into the topic of election because that'll go nowhere. But um, everybody has an opinion on the election on who you should vote for and who you shouldn't vote for and what 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 things are truth, what things aren't truth, and everybody just has an opinion. How many know when it comes to sports, everybody has an opinion. You know, when it comes to any topic, there are experts that just pop out of nowhere. And people think they have it all down packed. They just believe they're experts. I had a friend that in two thousand and uh 2013, when the Heat were in game six and they were down, and it looks like the San Antonio Spurs were going to beat the Miami Heat. How many remember that series? He, he was telling me, uh, Eric, I know you know he was telling me, He was telling me all the reasons why the Spurs were going to beat the Heat, and he was an expert. I said, bro, that's awesome. I mean, you should play. You know so much, and, uh, except you're four foot nothing. But... Um, he was telling me all the reasons. In game six, he was texting me. I told you, look, there's about 15 seconds left in the game. We got this. We're champions. Now, how many remember that three that Ray Allen hit in the corner and made us world champions as we went on to game seven and destroyed the Spurs? But everybody has an opinion, but it doesn't mean they're right. Everybody's going to want to be an expert, but it doesn't mean they're right. Can I tell you that when it comes to the topic of the church, everybody has an opinion, but it doesn't mean that they are right. And maybe you've heard some opinions. I've heard some, too. Maybe you've read some. I've read some, too. Let me, t- let me share with you some opinions that are out there. Some people are saying that the church is dead, that the church is not thriving. Some people say that the church is outdated. Some people say that the church is old-fashioned and, oh, you don't want to go to church. It is boring that the millennials don't want to go to church now. That it is just—I mean, completely—it is the old age church, and now you know, modern American, modern uh, millennials don't want to go to the church. The church is actually decreasing in numbers, and there's all these opinions. But but when I when I step back and I just look around the globe and I see the church of Jesus, can I just tell you that the church is not dead? The church is alive. The church is thriving. The church is standing up and saying there is a savior named Jesus. Oh come on, how many know the church? It is on the rise. It. It will not fall. It will not fail. It is the house of Jesus Christ that he's building it. How many know the church cannot fail? It is the church of Jesus. All these opinions. Well, the church in Europe, nobody wants to go to church in Europe. It's decreasing. Have you ever been to Europe? Ask people when they say that opinion. Well, what? I mean, tell me about it. When was the last time you were in Europe? Well, no, I read about it. Everybody's read it. Right now, I'm telling you, Hillsong London has almost 16,000 people going to church in London. Our friends from Sweden, I mean, it's a service after service, getting campuses after campuses. They are in local bars and clubs, transforming them into churches. Come on, no longer is the church turning into a museum. Now we're going into the city and we're transforming bars and clubs into churches. Come on, oh, come on, I wish the 9 a.m. was a little bit more awake than that. If you know the church is alive, if you know the church is on the rise, it is the church of Jesus. All these opinions, all these experts, but, but there's one expert only, and his name is Jesus. And he says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Can I tell you, the church is the only building that will never be destroyed. It's the only thing that was built that will never be destroyed. Everything else can fall. Everything else can crumble. Everything else, at one point or another in history, it is going to give up and gone. I mean, think about this. Emperors have come and gone. Empires have come and gone. Cities have been rebuilt and torn down and rebuilt again. But the church of Jesus, it doesn't matter how much time has gone by, it is actually getting bigger. It is getting stronger. It is on the rise. It is the church of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, somebody shout amen. Come on. Cannot be destroyed? Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God is into building his church. How many know that God is a builder? Anybody in here know God is a builder? God is a builder. He's a a master architect. The Bible says that in the beginning of time in Genesis chapter one, God made the heavens and the earth. God is a creator. God is a builder. He's into building. The Bible says he made the skies and the seas. He made the animals. He made everything that we see, and then he built man. He created man. God is a builder. And so when he made man, he made us, the Bible says, in his likeness and his image. That means that you and I, were builders. We came out builders. This is what man loves to do, right? We we see mankind came out, and they started building the Tower of Babel. Mankind came out and they started building an ark. I mean, uh, people in Miami love to uh, make and build the Palmetto Expressway, and it's been like 15 years. And... <laughs> we love to build. You look around our city, uh, so many things being built. You drive around Bic- Brickell and-, Brickle, uh, and so many condos still going up. I mean, mankind is into building, but I wonder what you're building with your life. What are we building with our lives? I mean, eventually, we're all going to build something. You're going to build a name for yourself. You're going to build a family. You're going to build a marriage. You're going to build a legacy. Man is into building towns and into building cities. What are you building with your life, if I can ask you? What, is it that, what are the things that we're striving for to build? I don't know about you, but the only thing I really want to build in my life, it is what God is into building, and it is the church of Jesus Christ. I can't think of something better to build. I can't think of something better to be a part of than the church of Jesus. It cannot fail. It will not fail. It won't fall. It won't go by. It will stand the test of time. It is the church of Jesus that I want to build. I wonder if we're all building the same thing that God is building. God is into building his church. He, he's going to continue to build it. And I just want to be a part of that. And in, in Matthew chapter 16, this is this is a very interesting. I'm going to try to give you as much information as I can, but this is deep. Matthew chapter 16, it is deep. I, I pray you do some research on it. Go home, read your Bibles. It is amazing. Find out what's happening here. Jesus takes them into an area called Caesarea Philippi. Now you have to understand, Caesarea Philippi was a very, I mean, it was just a very dark part of, of the modern day place that they were in. It was dark. They had all these orgies and festivals, and it was like 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 Vegas on steroids. Like it was really really bad. In fact, Jews, to them they actually wouldn't even want to get close to Caesarea Philippi. Why? In Caesarea Philippi they used to worship a lot of pagan gods and false gods. And actually uh, in Caesarea Philippi they had temples built to all these gods. One of the gods was the god Pan. Uh, Another god was the god Pluto. And, And it was just, I mean it was just full of temples majestic, made of marble and stone. I mean this was like the paradise for all kinds of religion. If we wanted to find out how many Gods existed, what they were about, you would go to Caesarea Philippi. And Caesarea Philippi, it was full of statues and just immense temples. I mean, it was it was the the, the hub of religious, false religious activity. And, and all these festivals were taking place to kind of please these gods. And this is where Jesus takes these disciples. He decides to take them there. 12, 12 young men, he decides to take them. I mean, I just imagine 12 young men getting near Caesarea Philippi. And they're like, Jesus, what are we gonna see here? This is crazy. We shouldn't be here, Jesus. He's like, Be quiet, I'm Jesus. Just follow me. And it follows them into Caesarea Philippi. Listen, this is the backdrop. Imagine the temples, imagine the false religions, the false gods, everything that is surrounding them. As Jesus stands in the middle of Caesarea Philippi, he says, Who do men say that I am? Whoa, well, Jesus, there's there's a lot of opinions. People say, people say you're 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 john the baptist reincarnated i know he just died a couple months ago but he he reincarnated real quick some people think you're john the baptist uh some say you're jeremiah some say you're just a great prophet and i mean there's a lot of opinions and against all this splendor against all this thing that the world has to offer against the most opulent beautiful majestic temples against all this marble and stone jesus turns to them and say who do you say that i am against everything that the world has to offer what will you declare that jesus is Right there. I mean, this is deep. This is awesome right there. Peter has the revelation. He says, oh, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And he says, Peter, you are the rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it what is the rock that he's talking about the rock is the revelation that jesus is the son of god that it doesn't matter what the world has to offer it doesn't matter what the riches that the world has to give us it doesn't matter how many false things we try to chase and fall after and go after there is one truth that is that jesus christ it is the son of god that he came to bring life that he came to give freedom when you understand that that's when the church becomes a church He says, upon that rock, I'm going to build my church. It's going to be greater than all these temples. Guess what? You go to Caesarea Philippi nowadays. You go modern time. Right now, 2016, all those temples have crumbled. All those statues are gone. One thing remains, it is the church of Jesus Christ with over 2 billion people in the world. Oh, come on. I wish somebody was excited that we belong to the kingdom of God, that it has outlasted any temple and any false god, the church of Jesus. It is alive. Jesus, this is what he's trying to tell them. He's giving them prophecy. He's saying, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Literally, the gates of hell, what he's trying to tell them, the gates of Hades, there is a cave in Caesarea Philippi. You can still see the cave. They believe that the cave was an opening to the underworld. The the God Pluto ruled the the, 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 the kingdom of death. And what he's trying to say is that not even death will stop the church. Whoa, whoa, Jesus. I mean, this is violent now. Jesus, what are you saying? He's saying, remember, just a couple verses later, he's saying he has to go to the cross. Peter, the one who just got the revelation, will say, Jesus, you're not going to the cross. And he says, get behind me, Satan. He said, oh, no, death is going to come. But the church is going to outlast the death of each of us. Whoa. Whoa. This is how powerful the kingdom of God is going to be, that the church is going to gather. And it doesn't matter who dies. It doesn't matter whose life is taken. He says, they can take my life. But three days later, oh, come on. How many know Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead? And the church will continue on. Not even death can stop the church of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of something that is going to outlast the test of time. That not even death himself will stop it. The gates of Hades will not. The gates of Hades, the gates of hell, it is not attacking the church. In fact, we're storming against it. Come hell or high water. Come death. Come sickness. We're going to continue to lift up the name of Jesus. This is the church of Jesus. It is the most beautiful thing to ever be a part of. It is awesome to be part of a community that understands that Jesus Christ, he was the son and is the son of the living God. That he came, he died, and on the third day he resurrected. I don't know about you, but I can't think of a better thing to throw my life into to be a part of than the church of Jesus. I think I understood this at a young age, and I told my mom and my dad, I want to be a part of the church. I just want to serve God. I want to be a part of it for the rest of my life. It is his church. It is not the government's. It is not nobody's. It is not a man. It is God's church. Come on, somebody say amen. I love the church. Got to fall in love with the church because Jesus is in love with his church. He says, I'm going to build it and nothing's going to stop it. Can't stop, won't stop. Three things that I think the church is. And I think three things that we got to understand about the church that I hope you can understand. The power of the community that we are a part of. Write this down. Point number one. The church is not a place we attend. The church is a people we are church is not, oh, I'm going to church today. No, we have to understand you are part of the church. You are church. Church is a community. Church, we don't come to church. We gather as a church. It's not coming to church. Oh, I'm going to that church. No, you are a part of a church. The church is a community. It's not a, the church is not this building. The church is what this building houses in. It is this family. It is this community together, you and I. the church of jesus in fact when jesus says i will build my church and the gates of hades will not prevail that word church literally in the greek is the word ekklesia literally what it means is the gathering it is the congregation in other words jesus says i will build my congregation it's not about building it's about lives that are being built i will build my congregation i'm going to build my people they will gather together Underneath the same rock, which is that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, the Messiah. Also, the church is you and I together. The church is us doing life together. Three things that the church is. The church is the body. The church is the bride. And the church is the building. This is what we are. You and I. We are the building that God is building up. The Bible says in the book of 1 Peter, if we could put it up really quick. in The book of 1 Peter, I believe it's chapter 2. He says, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. He says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He says, you and I, we are living stones, and we are all being built up into a spiritual temple, which is God's building. You and I, the church, we are the building of God. The Bible also says that you and I, we are the body of God. We are the body of Jesus. It says that Jesus is the head of the body, and you and I, we're the body. We're the hands and the feet. And the global church, we are the body of Jesus. Everybody has different functions. Everybody has different gifts. So it's more than just an actual physical building. It is you and I that are a building and a body of Jesus. Then the Bible says that also the church is his bride. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, it talks about uh, the church as the bride. And it says that Jesus cleanses her. And Jesus is washing her to present her unblemished on that day when we all gather with Jesus again. So we're the body, we're the building, and we're the bride. You and I, we don't just come to church, we gather as a community. You are part of an awesome community. Today, over 2 billion people call on the name of Jesus. More Christians than ever before, all across the globe. The, the church is not dying, the church is on the rise. And we are a body, we're a community. And everybody looks different. There's people all across the globe that maybe sing different than us, that maybe look different than us. But all of us together, we are part of a massive movement called the Church of Jesus. It's not just a building. It's not just some walls that go up, but it's you and I doing life together. It's you and I being a community and all of us confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is the Messiah, that he's the Savior of the world. So, when we say we love Miami, and, and what does the church have to do with that? Well, the church is the one who is, then the light that shines the name of Jesus. I can't imagine a city without a church. Imagine the city of Miami without a church. I mean, where, where, where would it find answers? Where would it find a home? Where would it find some kind of refuge? It is the church that Jesus is building to offer this to our city. Every city has to have a church. I'm not just talking about buildings. It has to have a community of believers that say, hey, you know what? We know the answer. We know the solution. You're following all these false gods. You're going after all these false temples. You're going after the riches that the world has to offer. But I'm here to tell you there's only one name, and his name is Jesus. It is a powerful name. It is a wonderful name. That's why the church, number two, the church is not just a room with lights. The church is a city on a hill. We are a city on a hill. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, hey, you are the salt of this earth. And then he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. I love what Jesus is saying here. In other words, the church shouldn't live enclosed in four walls. It should live exposed in our community. Can't stay in here within the four walls just lifting up our hands and calling on the name of Jesus and, and saying, well, it's just us four and no more. No, the church is in a community to make a difference To say, hey, I'm going to let this light shine. I'm going to see that people see there is an answer. There is hope. There is grace. There is forgiveness. There is restoration. There is deliverance. There is healing in the name of Jesus. When the church gathers together, it is like a city on a hill. Jesus says, you don't hide it. You don't hide light. You know why for so many years they tried to throw their opinions and their, and their dirt on the church? I heard Pastor Stephen Furtick say this. He says, Because the only thing that you throw shade at is that what shines. Oh, they don't want the church to shine, but the church is going to continue to shine. You can say whatever you want about the church, but we're going to continue to shine the light of Jesus. Never enclosed, but let's live lives that are exposed. That people see us, they see an answer, they see hope, they see grace, they see forgiveness, they see that there is a Savior called jesus how how are we living our lives What, what we're a part of is bigger than the part that we play this is not just about me coming to a church and i hope they see me and i hope they want me on a team and i hope my name is great listen our names you can build it all you want but there's only one name that's worthy to be built and it is the name of jesus that's the name we want to lift up high the name of jesus oh we want to magnify the pastor of the church is jesus he's the head of the church he is the one who runs and rules the church. He's the head. All we're doing is shining our light to our city and our community. I can't think of a better thing to invest and throw my life into than the church of Jesus. I mean, what else gives hope to a community? What else is, is, is gonna tell our city, hey, you don't have to overdose on drugs. Hey, You don't have to go sleeping around looking for love. Hey, you don't have to try all these drugs and all these things trying to find hope and trying to find something to numb the pain. When the church stands up and when our light shines bright, people will say, wait a minute, I see this place, this community. They shine so bright, they're full of joy and peace, and they don't have it all together, but it looks like they do. It's weird. I want to know what that is. It is a church of Jesus, and it is being built up, and it don't matter what people's opinions are. It will continue to rise and proclaim the name of Jesus. I want to be a part of that. I want to invest and throw my life into that. People's opinions about the church, it doesn't really matter. The only opinion I'm concerned with is the opinion of Jesus Christ. It's not an opinion, it's actual truth. The church is a place where the doors are open and anybody can walk in. talked about this at the beginning of the series. Everyone's invited. Anybody can walk in from different parts of life and what happens when you and I walk into the church? What, what has the church done to our lives? I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the church. I'm grateful that at the entrance of the church, there wasn't these lists of things that, hey, if you don't have this or if you don't look like this, you can't come in. But it was open and inclusive to everyone, including myself. Point number three, the church is not a social club for perfect people. The church is a community for any and everyone. It's not a social club. We don't have to show our membership cards at the door and say, "Hey, I'm a member." They've already done background checks on me. I can, I can participate. I can belong to this thing. But you can come in just as you are, because that's how Jesus is, arms open wide. Anybody can come in. What happens when people like you and me come into a place, a community, not a building, into a community that loves, forgives and prays and shows grace? That's the church. How many people are walking into different organizations or walking into different places to try to find some hope and they can't find it? Well, maybe if I try this thing, it'll help and they can't find it. Well, over here, they just, I mean, they just outcasted me. I can't go there. Well, I try to find some peace here, but it's not the answer. I don't know, but I think over the years, I'm only 32 years old, but over my 32 years, I've seen the church be consistent in God using it to bring healing bring deliverance, bring peace, bring grace, bring mercy into countless lives. I've seen broken people come into a church, come into a community where they gather around them and they say, hey, you know what? He was broken so that you can be made whole. I've seen sick people come into a community like this stricken with disease and all kinds of things, and believers just lay hands on them, and in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, I've seen them made well. I've seen it with my own eyes. There's something powerful about a community that calls on the name of Jesus. I've seen drug addicts run to the altar Give their lives to Jesus, and in a moment, I see them be delivered and be free from years of addiction. That only happens when the church gathers together and lifts up the name of Jesus. So, say what you want about the church, but I want to be a part of it because people there find hope, people there find purpose, people there, their destinies are altered. The church is not for perfect people, the church is a hospital for sinners, it's a hospital for the broken. The church is a house that's doors are always open to welcome anybody. Come just as you are. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know where you've been, but in the community of God, you can find healing. In the community of God, you can find grace. Think about this church. I think about this community. I mean, just look around, and there's some incredible people here that Maybe years ago, the world would write them off and say, well, they, they, never, they never will accomplish anything. Uh, oh, them? No, they, nah, God can't use them. Oh, that person? No, nah, they're, they're just crazy. Nah. Well, what happens when they join the church of Jesus Christ? Everything changes. Because God is not exclusive. He's inclusive. I want to be a part of that community. Got a couple pictures I just want to show you real quick. Some incredible people fill me on, one of our youth pastors, young guy, 24 years old, went through some hard moments in his life, and even went through some moments where he said, man, I don't even know if God can use me, and he was a college football player, but deep down in his heart, he says, you know what, God has a purpose in my life, and it is in the church where he's found his calling, it is in the church where God is using him, it is in the church where now God is using him to open up his mouth and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I mean, that... That's what I want to be a part of. Gerald. How many of you love Gerald? Some of you heard his story a couple of Wednesdays ago. And this is a man who went through some tough times in his life, whose first wife unfortunately passed away from sickness, and at a moment was mad at God, at a moment wanted nothing to do with his church. But how many know when God has his hand on you, you can't escape it? came into a community like this, into a gathering like this, and God has transformed and changed his life. He is an excellent leader, and there he is welcoming people to the same community that he became a part of that helped them continue on to the life that God has called them. My best friend, my brother, Pastor Hedda. What happens when you give your life to Jesus? What happens when you become part of a community? Here's a guy that could have been making a lot more money outside. And he's given it up because he's found a community of gathering that says, wait a minute, i got to be part of the answer. i got to be part of the solution. i got to join this thing. I'll do whatever I have to, but I'm going to give my life for the cause of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just countless stories over and over again. Arlene Pastano. I love Arlene. If you know Arlene, you know she's crazy. She's awesome. Fearless. Went through breast cancer. I mean, it just looked dim, but she found the community of believers to come around her to pray, to help her out. Today, her and her husband are our Winwood Campus pastors. They're doing an incredible job lifting up the name of Jesus, doing what she can throughout the week and on the weekends, continuing to make sure the light shines bright. I want to be a part of that. How I many of you love Luis Collazo? <laughs> Somebody that could have been written off. Oh, I mean, just his life, it was, it was headed on a downward spiral. I mean, no, I mean, God used him. No, God, I mean, do you know what he's doing? You know what he's up to. And he's been in church, but he left. But again, when God grabs a hold of you, there's nothing that you can run from. And here he is now, the one who runs the finances in the church, a pastor at heart, being used by God. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. A community where people come in and find their destiny and find their calling. And now... It's an incredible leader in the church of Jesus. What happens when lives walk in and find Jesus? Oh, my goodness, A community. That's, I want to be a part of that. Chip Lusko, you've heard his story. By the way, his Bible class started on Thursday night. We had almost 100 people here on Thursday night. Incredible Bible teacher. You've heard his story on the... Beaches of Maui trying to find some hope, had tried all religions, was trying all kinds of things, kind of like Caesarea Philippi. And right there he says, God, of your real, Jesus, come into my heart. His life completely changed. Years of preaching the gospel, years of being used by Jesus to bring healing, hope, and grace to a world that needs Jesus. Come on, that's a community I want to be a part of. It's kind of dark. I'll pick, a, I'll pick a better picture for you next time. But right there, the man standing up and preaching. Another one of my best friends, Ricky, had a sentence of 18 to 25 years going to jail because he was selling drugs and moving drugs in our city in a major way, and somehow miraculously, God. Brought that down to five years. Served five years. Met Jesus in prison. Comes out. Joined a community like this, and now it's being used to share his story with youth all over this city. To say there is an answer. Oh, come on! He can turn a drug dealer into a hope dealer. That's the part of a community I want to be a part of. I want to build the house of Jesus. I will give my life to the house of Jesus. Everything I am, to my last dying breath, to make sure the community it keeps on going. The church will not die. It will rise. Lives will change. This is the church. It can't stop. It won't stop. Life after life after life. I want to be a part of that. You and I were a part of that. That's what I'm going to give my whole life to. I don't care. It's not about money. It's not about status. It's not about fame. It's about seeing people finding their Savior called Jesus. I'll throw my life into that thing. It's the church of Jesus. It is his bride. It is his body. It is his building. And I'll do everything I can. Me and Diana, we we decided years ago, hey, whatever comes our way, one thing we're going to do is serve Jesus. Be a part of the church and build a community. Paul, when he was destroying the church, meets Jesus on the way to Damascus, gets completely, radically saved, like all those stories. And he starts building the church even if it was going to cost his life, because he remembers the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church. And at the end of his life, when he's about to go, when he's about to face execution in the book of 1 Corinthians, listen to what he says all the way at the end of his life. He says this, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord, it is not in vain. Yeah. Building the house of Jesus, it is never going to be in vain. I'll give whatever I could. You've heard my story, Heart for the House. A couple years ago, I sold whatever I could find around my house. We didn't have a lot of money, but I said, I'll sell my shoes, I'll sell some watches. I'll sell a jacket I am, I'll sell whatever. I did $30, $40, $50 everywhere, $100 for some shoes. We gathered all this money. My wife sold whatever she could. Because I want to give everything that I am to the house of God. Because me by myself, I I can't offer anybody anything. You by yourself, what are we going to offer? But together, we can shine our light bright. Together, our reach will be so much greater. With eyes closed and head bowed all across this auditorium, I'm over time, but if you're here today and you say, Alex, I don't know this, God, you're talking about, I'm far from God, I've been following my own way, I've been following my own path, and I just walked into this church, maybe today for the first time, or second time, or maybe you've been coming for some months, but you don't have a relationship with God, can I tell you, He loves you, He has a plan and a purpose for your life, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what you're doing, it doesn't matter what you're going to do, today everything can change. The Bible says you and I were sinners, and sin separates us from God. But God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to come die for you and for me. The Bible says that Jesus took all of your sin, my sin, my shame, your shame, all of our guilt, everything wrong that we've done, and put it on the shoulders of Jesus. Jesus went up to a cross, and he died for us, and he died as us, and he took the penalty that you and I deserve. The Bible says he died, but on the third day. Sin cannot hold them, death cannot hold them down, Jesus resurrected, he's alive today. He is very much alive and he's building this community of people who aren't perfect, who don't have it all together, but he's building it, he loves us, he loves you. Today if you're saying I'm sick and tired of following my own ways, I want a brand new beginning, I want a brand new start, this is your morning. The Bible says tomorrow it is promised for no one. Today is the day of salvation. That's what the Bible says. With eyes closed, head bowed, as the church is praying, as leaders are praying, staff is praying. If you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, this is my first time, or maybe you've been coming for some months, but you say, I need a relationship with God. I want to be a part of his community. I want to be a part of his family. I want to have a relationship with my God. This is your day. He's going to come into your life. Yes, make you brand new. It's a brand new, clean slate. Forgive you of your sins. You're going to be part of the most beautiful family on the planet. While eyes are closed, heads about, I'm going to count to three. In a moment of privacy, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. I'm going to acknowledge you, then you can put it right back down. As the church is praying, if that's you, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can. Awesome. God bless you. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else, you raise your hand all across this auditorium. Awesome. God bless you, man. Good move. Anybody else, you raise your hand. Amazing. All these hands that went up, I'm going to say a simple prayer. All we're doing is talking to God. You can talk to God whenever and wherever. He's here right now. I'm going to make this first prayer very simple for you. All we're doing is talking to him. And I want you to repeat this with me out loud. In fact, the whole church, we're going to repeat it out loud. I want you to say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. From today on, I want to follow you all the days of my life. I know that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, come into my life. life. Be my Lord Lord. and be my Savior. savior. I am saved, I am am healed, healed. And and I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church, can we congratulate them one time? Come on, can we put our hands together?